Before we dive into this week's episode, I have to tell you about my new obsession, which is booze-free cocktails by Curious Elixirs. So after my family Euro trip to Germany and France, there was a lot of champagne and beer ingested, and I knew I had to make a change. I came back feeling so slow, lethargic, not motivated, and that was just not exactly how I wanted to start feeling in 2022. And I started taking inventory of what was the culprit. It was 100% alcohol. I immediately started looking into booze-free cocktails because I still wanted the taste and feel, and voila, Curious Elixirs popped up. Curious Elixirs are booze-free craft cocktails infused with adaptogens to help you unwind. Okay, incredible. Whether you're sober or sober curious, toasting your team or sipping solo, Curious Elixirs is on a mission to create the world's most sophisticated cocktails without the alcohol. Inspired by classics like the Aperol Spritz, the Spicy Margarita, and the Negroni, every Curious Elixir is handcrafted with organic ingredients and no refined sugar. Their ingredients include adaptogens and plants that benefit your body, helping you relax and de-stress without the hangover. They offer one-time orders as well as subscribers-only Curious Cocktail Club to ensure your fridge stays stocked. You can order Curious Elixirs online and have it shipped directly to your door at CuriousElixirs.com. I've been trying them for the past few weeks, and it is insane how much it truly tastes like a booze-free craft cocktail. My favorite is number three, which tastes like a cucumber Collins. I drink it at night, and it does feel like I'm unwinding and de-stressing, which is incredible. And then I can wake up without the hangover and actually be a productive member of society. So again, head to the link in my show notes to check them out or go to CuriousElixirs.com to try some today. Your dreams can be your reality. You all, time isn't real. Okay, that is fucking crazy. Spirituality, manifestation, travel, money, entrepreneurship. Welcome to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Wright. Hello, everyone, and welcome to March Madness Podcast Edition. If you're like, what the hell is Chelsea talking about? Well, last week, I realized I have so many guest interviews stacked and so many things I want to talk about that I was like, I don't want to wait each week to only drop one episode and have this go all the way out till May or June. I want to get these out now because there's so much valuable, important information, not only in the guest episodes, but I think you're going to find value in what I want to share from my own experiences, from my observations, what I've been going through at home. There's just been so much going on in my mind, and I really do feel like I verbally process well on the podcast. If you listen to Case Kenny and I last week, we talked about how our podcast really is therapy. We talk about it out loud and we actually digest what we're talking about. And there's just been so much going on lately that I'm like, I don't want to drip this out every week. So I was like, I'm just going to do a bunch of episodes and drop them in March. So there might be two episodes a week. There might be three I don't think we'll do four. I think four is pushing it, but there there really might be three episodes a week in March because I just have so much to talk about. So much has been swirling around in my head. And again, I have so many amazing guests that have come on and I want to make sure you all hear what they had to say. So these are going to be a mix of everything. Okay. There's no rhyme or reason here. This is not a month about entrepreneurship, a month, a month about money, a month about travel. It's going to be like all of that sprinkled in together. So you're getting like a bag of checks mix this month. And that's why I want to call it March Madness, obviously alluding to the basketball tournament, but also because it is going to be a bit of madness in the topics and how much content I'm putting out. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Are you like excited for this? Are you like, is she crazy? Let me know. DM me at Chelsea Rife or email me info at ChelseaRife.com and let me know in the reviews. Seriously, drop a review and let me know. That's what I look at for feedback. Um, you know, if you have something negative to say or constructive criticism, maybe just email me because people do look at reviews and let's admit it, podcasters have a little bit of a fragile ego. We don't like seeing negative reviews, but anyways, for real, leave a review. Let me know what you think. I'm so excited to do this. So let's dive into today's topic, how to handle anxious thoughts. So let me add some context here. I am not someone that identifies as having anxiety at all. I have never felt like I have struggled with anxiety. I've had people on the podcast that have talked about 
their experiences with anxiety and talked about panic attacks and how it just feels like a wave of doom coming over them. And I'm like, wow, I've, I've never really felt that until recently. And I noticed when I was in Austin that I was having a weird muscle twitch in my face in my left upper cheek. So if there's anyone listening and you are like, oh yeah, that means this and that and the other thing. Because I feel like if you're into reflexology or anything, parts of your body are really indicative of like what's actually going on. I know it's already stress, but I'm just curious if anyone's listening. They're like, oh yeah, this is what that means. So yeah, left upper cheek and then my right lower trap which is so weird because I used to have problems with that. I honestly think it's from a mix of like volleyball, writing with my right hand, typing crunched over. But yeah, I was going to sleep in Austin and I noticed one night, this is actually before Austin too. I was like shaking going to bed. Like my hands were physically shaking and I am not that kind of person. I'm very easygoing. I'm very chill. I, I don't react a lot to things. Um, that's honestly, when I hang out with my friends, I will say that's, I think, one of my favorite attributes about myself and what my friends appreciate about me. They're like, you're very go with the flow. You don't get uptight about things. You're like very easygoing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really see another way to react to things like, you know, being a hothead and blowing up on people and yelling and exploding every time something doesn't go my way. It, I never would feel good about that after. And I'm maybe I don't know if I was always this easygoing. Um, I'm trying to think I I was probably a little more reactive when I was younger, but this is all to say that I'm saying this because I've never again felt like I'm someone that has anxiety. So when I was going to bed shaking and literally having muscle twitches and my mind was racing, I'm like, what, what is this coming from? Like nothing bad has happened. Nothing crazy has happened to me. I haven't gone through like anything with a guy. I'm not dating anybody. There's been nothing happening with clients that there's no like refunds or cancellations or negative reviews. There's like nothing wrong with business. There's nothing wrong with friends. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like I I need to really figure this out. So it was actually today in a yoga class that by the way, I booked the class specifically to like calm myself down. I, I use ClassPass and ClassPass, I am so motivated by loss aversion, which means you're more motivated by losing things than you are by winning things. And ClassPass will charge you a fee if you miss the class. And so I'm really motivated by that. I'm like, I'm not losing money for missing a class. So I purposefully booked a yoga class in the middle of a beautiful Saturday because my anxiety was running so high. And I guess I should say my anxious thoughts because I don't have clinically diagnosed anxiety. And like I said, I don't want to misspeak here and act like I'm someone who has struggled with anxiety my whole life. I I have not. So yes, I purposely booked this class and then I started just being observant and observance and self-awareness is I think the first thing to be able to handle your anxious thoughts. So I started identifying like, okay, what's going on as I'm driving to class? I'm listening to a podcast about a brain surgeon talking about your brain, how it works, your thoughts, meditation, et cetera. It was very dense. It was a lot of information. Then I go to this yoga class and while she's speaking, I'm being hard on myself. So she's talking about breathing in, breathing out, relaxing. And I'm like, God, why do I have this muscle twitch? And why do why can't I do a handstand? And why, you know, do my knees wobble when we do this pose? I'm just being really hard on myself. And then I catch myself and I'm like, why are you being so hard on myself? On on yourself. <laughs> By the way, I'm gonna do a whole other solo episode on this because this is actually one of the biggest things I've struggled with since my early 20s is I'm incredibly hard on myself. And I don't think I share that a lot. And it's something that people close to me know. They're like, you're, you're really hard on yourself. And I noticed that in my yoga class, I was like, like, what are you doing, Chelsea? You showed up to a yoga class. You're here. You're doing the moves. It doesn't even matter if you do the moves or not. Like, what are you, you're here. Like, you're here for yourself. And so I tried to switch my thinking in the middle of the yoga class. Like, you know what? Good for you, Chelsea. Good for you for booking a class in the middle of a beautiful sunny Saturday to take care of yourself. Good for you for showing up to this mat and actually doing everything, actually breathing slower, actually doing the stretches and everything that the instructor is telling you to do. Good for you. You know what I mean? I just had to keep saying that. I was like, good for you. You did it. You're here. This is better than yesterday when I didn't work out. And so 
then the yoga class is over and I'm like, wow, I actually do feel much calmer because it's so about linking the breath with movement. And by the way, I feel like this is another solo podcast. This might be shocking, but I don't actually even love going to yoga, but I love the way it makes my body feel. And I'm maybe I'm sure you guys can relate, right? Like maybe you don't love doing a hit workout, but you're like, I really do like the way I feel after it. So I don't go to these classes like so excited to be there and like, yay, yoga, my favorite thing. Even though I have my training, even though that's what I used to teach, even though I literally had a whole business around yoga, it's actually just how it makes me feel. So evidence was there that, okay, by the end of the class, I did feel calmer because we did so much breathing, so much movement. I truly think moving got that anxiety calmed down because it's like you have no other choice but to focus on what the person's saying and actually you know, balancing and paying attention and focusing and stretching and feeling yourself, feeling your body, you know? And so I leave this class like, Ooh, yay. I feel calmer. And then what do I do when I get in the car, put on that same podcast and I'm not even retaining the information. He's actually saying some really cool things, but because I am so zen out and I'm calm, but I'm also, you know, kind of struggling with a bit of these these anxious thoughts before, It's like, I'm not even retaining what he's saying. And so I'm like, also, why did I even feel the need to put on a freaking brain surgeon podcast literally two seconds after I get in my car after a yoga class? And I think this is a much broader conversation. And I definitely want to have people on to talk about this, about like always feeling like we have to be ingesting information and learning something and doing something and being productive. I mean, if we want to call it what it is, it's hypercapitalism, where we just feel like if we are not outputting or learning or like being of service 24-7, we must not be worthy. We must not be good humans. We must not be great. We must not be smart. And one of my biggest triggers is um, feeling like I'm not smart. And so I feel like when I listen to podcasts, I'm like, oh, I'm learning so much. I can't wait to like share this if someone asks or who knows, maybe I'll just bring it up at the dinner table. What I learned about brain surgeons and cancer and all these different things. And I'm like, but for what? <laughs> like, I'm just stressing myself out. I I listen to podcasts all the time. And now it's a Saturday. I should just be chilling out, enjoying my day off actually at the beach because it's such a, such a gorgeous day. But instead, I'm thinking about this podcast and I need to finish it and I need to learn it and I need to try and apply the lessons and I need to, you know, he talked about meditation. Yeah, he's right. I need to meditate more. And she talked about walking. Okay. Yeah. She's, she's someone I look up to. So I need to walk more and wait, now I need to talk about this on the podcast, but I need to plan the podcast and wait, when I get home, I can't podcast because I have to do the dishes and I'm supposed to like, this is where my brain was going. And I'm like, what was the point of me going to that yoga class and calming down to just hype myself up all over again. So I know I haven't even given like a real tip yet, but it's taking inventory of your environment. What are your thoughts? Like, what are your thoughts? What are they doing? What are they saying to you? Mine were saying you need to be doing something active, learning, helping, inspiring, educating, or you're not good enough. And I'm like, that's not true. I know that's factually not true. I tell my clients that's not true. I've talked to a therapist about it. I know it's not true, but there's clearly a belief in me that thinks like truly just chilling out, listening to reggae music on the beach, absolutely nothing to do, no phone. There's something about me that's like, oh, but you could be working. You could be podcasting. You could be making money. You could be cleaning. You could be whatever. There's something that is like to check a box to do. and. I realized that. And I'm like, I will say this is something that I do like about uh, being aware of your negative thoughts or your anxious thoughts, because it just gives you a flashlight on what you need to focus on. I know when I'm feeling this anxious and I'm going to bed with my hand shaking and my face twitching, that sounds like I'm like convulsing, but I'm not. But it, what I'm saying is when I have that awareness, I can then work on it. So instead of beating myself up of like, oh, great, now you have anxious thoughts and now you're a negative person and great, how are we going to deal with this now? Great, we're back to square one. Did you learn anything? Have you not taken any courses? Have you not learned anything? Going back to the beating myself up, I'm trying to just be more gentle with myself and be like, 
oh my God, at least you have an idea of where this is coming from. I'm not running to a doctor to be like, I don't even know why my face is twitching. It's like, no, I know. I know why my face is twitching. I'm stressed out and spiraling and overthinking everything. So really, I think the first tip tangibly is take inventory of your environment. And I made some notes here and I wrote light, sound, and energy. And I want to use me living at home as an example. I came back home, as you all know, and if you don't know, first time listener, I came back home after a breakup in the summer to reset. It was obviously, I feel like breakups are traumatic no matter what, but this one was so different because my whole world changed. My environment changed, where I lived changed, the language I was around changed. I lived in Germany. Everything I knew for a year just changed within like one conversation. So I had to come home to really reset and like try and regulate my nervous system. Now, being at home has been great. And it's also been a lot of adjusting to everybody's schedules. We all wake up at different times. My mom, dad, and sister are all at home. Uh, We have different careers, different jobs. Everyone wakes up and goes to bed at certain times. Everyone gets home at certain times. We all don't eat at the same time. So already, to me, that's a bit dysregulating because when I was dating my ex-partner in Germany, we had a very specific routine. Like I knew when he woke up and I would wake up maybe an hour later and then we would eat breakfast together. We would eat lunch together and we would eat dinner together. And then we would, by the way, we're in a lockdown. So we did everything together. (laughs) And then we would like wind down and watch a TV or a movie. And then we would go to bed. We had a very specific routine and I kind of always knew what was going on with him and vice versa. Now let's fast forward to my current environment. I'm like, I I still haven't really caught up with everyone's schedules. My mom works a sporadic schedule. I know my sister works on the weekends. My dad works from home. And so it's just a lot of people waking up and going to bed at different times and it's dysregulating. So they also wake up way earlier than me and they're playing music. They're listening to podcasts. They're My sister does Peloton and I can hear her music like blaring EDM style from her room. Then my mom's watching a morning show or morning news or Alexa's playing a song. I'm hearing so much commotion out there and it already like already that's dysregulating. But then you know what it because I'm so hard on myself, you know where my mind goes is, wow, I should be waking up earlier. You're so lazy, Chelsea. Why aren't you waking up earlier? You have three people in your family waking up earlier than you. Why can't you wake up early? Wow, you must not be committed enough to your self-development. Can't believe you still can't get up early after eight months of trying to get up early. And then it just makes me feel bad. And so I'm like, okay, well, I know I feel bad about this. So what can I do to fix this? I either need to A, try waking up early and see if that's going to solve whatever thoughts I'm having, right? I need to just do the thing. If I think I will feel better by waking up early, then let me try to wake up early. Listen, I've been trying. I just like sleep in the morning. I really got used to that schedule when I started my business in Australia and Germany because I was always ahead of people, like truly time zone I was ahead. And so I never had to wake up early. And so now this whole idea of like getting up at six is like mind blowing to me. I'm like, what? Why would I wake up at six? That's crazy talk. But again, if I need to try it out and see if it makes me feel better. But if not, then what can I do about it? If I'm not going to wake up at 6am, what can I do? Maybe I need to get earplugs. Maybe I need to plug in something so I can block out the noise in my family and listen to a meditation, listen to hypnosis, listen to a morning story. I don't even know just something that will block it out. Read a book start journaling, start writing, just something that won't make me want to just get up and be part of that commotion because I've tried that and that doesn't make me feel great either. Also, I've noticed I'm like, oh, when you guys are blaring the news out loud and, you know, playing your songs at volume 100 at eight in the morning, obviously that's going to just be dysregulating and cause some anxious thoughts. By the way, I just want to pause really quick and talk about the definition of anxiety. It says right here in front of me from the Oxford Dictionary, it's a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Okay, I'm going to just highlight that again. A feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. It also is the desire to do something typically accompanied by unease. Okay, just that's me. And then from a psychiatry standpoint, it's actually a nervous disorder characterized by a state of excessive uneasiness and apprehension, typically with compulsive behavior or panic attacks. 
Okay, so this is why I'm, I want to make sure that I'm using the word anxious thoughts and not, I don't want to say I have anxiety because I don't. I do not have a nervous disorder, but I do feel anxious sometimes. So let's go back to this one definition. Desire to do something typically accompanied by unease. So I have a desire to wake up early, but it usually comes with this unease. And then that's where this anxious spiraling thoughts start to kick in. So when I'm talking about taking inventory, I'm like, okay, so what can I do? I can ask my family to maybe turn down the news. I can do something about it myself. Maybe I wake up early and just get out of the house. Maybe I take a bike out to the beach. Maybe I need to wake up early and just go for a walk so I can get out before all the commotion starts happening. So by the time I'm back that, you know, it's all good. This requires clear communication, by the way, right? Like I can't just walk out into my house and expect three other people to adjust to me. Everyone lives here. We're all trying to adjust to each other. So this is true. If you live with roommates or a partner or your family, this, there needs to be a conversation. So this is all to say, I have not even really had this conversation with my family because in my mind, I'm like, I have a dream where I wake up at 6 a.m., make a nice little mushroom coffee, ride my bike out to the beach, watch the sunrise, journal, chill, meditate, maybe do some yoga, come back all rested so that by the time I even walk in the house, I'm like, you know, zoned out by a bubble of just peace and bliss and like honestly just chill. <laughs> so that's my dream, but that hasn't happened yet. So you might need to have a clear conversation with people or think about, well, if I can't change this, what can I do to get out of it? So take responsibility, right? I can take responsibility here and either A, go talk to my family, B, wake up earlier, C, wake up earlier and get out of the house. But I do know that the way I'm starting my morning right now is not working. So that's why I talked about light, sound, and energy. I've been talking a lot about sound. Light is also a huge thing. If you have like fluorescent, bright ass lights in your room, we used to have these in our apartment in Germany. I call them hospital lights where I'm like, they're just so bright. Like why, <laughs> why is it this bright? Like literally are we working in a hospital? I don't understand. Why can't we just open the window, open the door? Like we have windows, the windows are to let in light. And I think this is something that I will 100% end up having like a light expert come on or a circadian rhythm expert, because I didn't really understand this until three, probably two or three years ago. But yeah, waking up to like fluorescent lighting or your blue light or your phone or whatever the case is, is almost 100% bound to cause some type of anxious thoughts. So do inventory of that too. Is your phone right next to your bed and is your habit to just pick up your phone and start scrolling? Raise your hand if you've done that. My hand is raised, basically had done that until seven days ago when I actually stole an alarm clock that was in my parents' laundry room, put it next to my bed and started putting my phone out in the kitchen to charge on airplane mode just so it could charge overnight. So that was also because I noticed my anxiety would just start literally throttling in the morning when it, the alarm went off. Oh, this is another thing really quick. What is your alarm? Is it nice and easy breezy or is it a fire horn? Beep, beep, beep. Like, I know people are like, oh, that's the only way I wake up. I'm like, I, I'm open to that being true. And I'm also open to the fact that there are other alarms without it being literally a fire truck alarm going off. So that's something that is probably causing some anxious feelings and thoughts too, is like you're waking up to an actual alert. That is very dysregulating. Your body's like probably in REM deep sleep. You're just coming out of a dream trying to wake up slow and steady. And it's like, burr, burr, burr. no, <laughs> that doesn't work. So try to figure out your alarm sound. So yeah, like I said, I do have an alarm clock now. And now because I've gotten so used to it, my body is like waking up a little bit before it, which is nice. And I don't wake up on my phone. It's all the way out in the kitchen. I'm like, y'all, I'm way too lazy to like wake up, go to the kitchen and start scrolling on my phone. And I think that this is all about like habit building too. Atomic Habits helped me a lot with this is like, if something is clear and visible and attractive, you'll really gravitate towards it. So now that my phone is all the way in the kitchen and on airplane mode and in the morning, like it's, it's not clear, or visible, or attractive. It's not right next to me. So I'm not going to have that habit. So yeah, check out your light. Maybe you need to change your lighting. Maybe you don't need fluorescent, bright hospital lights in your room. Maybe you just need to open the windows. 
one thing I, this is why I loved, um, I almost said Germany to be honest, but I didn't really love Germany. <laughs> I'll do a whole other episode about that. But this is why I love Europeans because I feel like they really understand the power of like slowing down and just like letting your body be the tool. You know, like I remember my ex used to wake up, open all the windows like wouldn't play music, wouldn't play a podcast. He actually hated when I played podcasts. He's like, this is so annoying. Like it's the morning, it's 9am. Why are we learning about again, like brain chemistry or mindfulness, whatever. Can't we just eat in silence and like enjoy this? And I appreciate that about that's been my experience in Europe a lot. He's like, let's open the windows. Let's eat slow. Let's be present. And I think that helped a lot with anxious thoughts, even though we were in a lockdown and I couldn't speak the language and I was all over the place in my business. I was so far away from home. I never really felt that anxious in Germany. I definitely dealt with some like depression because I was just sad about the state of like the world and where I was in, but I was never anxious. And I think a lot of it had to do with how our day was set up with those routines, with him not waking up blaring music and I wasn't waking up and blaring a podcast. The fact that we open our windows and let light and a natural breeze in, that stuff will help. And I know people hate hearing this because we want a tool. We want a program. We want a quick fix. This is something, again, I feel like I'm going to go on a quick side tangent. This is something I really noticed about being in America. We all have like... <clears throat> The Aura Ring, the smartwatch, the Alexa, the band, the headphones, the head piece, the headset. Like there's so many tools to like just see what's going on with ourselves when I feel like in Europe, I, I don't get that from people. People really trust their genuine like body intuition and they're like, yeah, I know to open the windows. That feels right. That feels good. Letting sunlight in. I know not to put on a podcast at 8 a.m. that's on volume 100 talking about the economics of blah, blah, blah country. You know what I mean? It's like, it's almost to them like obvious to just start a, a morning slowly. And I feel like in America, that's not. Like I said, when I wake up, it's like the Alexa's on, I, I the music's on, the podcasts are on, everyone's running around, everyone's turning on their devices. And it's really, really dysregulating. And I know that that contributed to my anxious thoughts. Because when I was in Austin and I was not in my home, I was in my sister's home, I went there to basically just have a change of scenery and new environment to work. And because I was in the middle of launching my podcast course, Mic Drop, and figuring out what I'm launching next and like really planning for that and keeping up with the podcast and making travel plans and whatever the I'm in a writing course, like there were so many other things going on that I was very dysregulated. And that's when I started feeling these really anxious thoughts. So light, sound and energy. Energy could be anything. It's like, whose energy are you taking in? What energy are you around? Like, what energy is your room? I know this can sound a little bit esoteric, but for real, like, it, this is all about feng shui. If you guys are into that, I've done a podcast on that. But for real, like when I go to bed, if my closet doors are open and I have clothes all over the place and my side desk is like a mess and I have I can't even find things that's going to bring up anxious thoughts because it's uneasy. Remember, let's go back to the definition. It's nervousness or unease or worry. So if I wake up in my room and the energy is uneasy, yeah, that's not really going to make me feel easeful. And then cleaning, right? That's where cleaning comes in, decluttering. This is why the magic of tidying up was such a popular series. And decluttering in general makes us feel better. So maybe it's just a matter of cleaning your room. And I know some of you are like, is she serious? Is this really the advice she's giving? Is this is how to deal with anxious thoughts? Yes, I'm serious. I've heard my sister says this all the time, messy bed, messy head. And now I'm, I never used to make my bed. You guys in college, I was like, I don't understand. I'm just getting right back into it. And no one's seeing my room who cares. And now it's, it actually blows my mind that I'm someone who's made my bed probably consistently every day for the last three years, because I was never that person. But I guess I developed an atomic habit. James Clear, shout me out. Um, yeah, anyways, I feel like I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. But look at your room. Maybe it's disorderly and that disorder is causing disorder in your thoughts. So take a moment this weekend, next week, sometime when you have some downtime to just declutter. Speaking of decluttering, declutter your social media. Now, you all, if you've been listening to the podcast or following me on social media, I really am like struggling to talk about this lately because I feel like I'm going through this very weird 
growth edge with my business and social media where I'm like really trying to take inventory of like, what is my relationship with it? Why am I on it so much? Why do I feel the need to post everything as a story to be funny or to get likes or to try to make a sale or to, it's like, I just feel like I've been on it without really intention. And without that intention, I've just been drowning in scrolling and stalking and comparing. And it's just been really like not fun for me lately. So a tip that I have, if you don't want to get fully off social media, just delete it for the day or the weekend. And if you feel like, oh my gosh, I need to check it. I need to check my DMs. Or if you're a business owner and you're like, no, I actually like get DMs all the time about people working with me, check it on your laptop. Your laptop is such a different experience than your phone, right? Your phone, it it literally was made to just scroll, scroll, scroll with your thumb. Your laptop, it's kind of a weird experience to like try and stock stories on your laptop or like scroll, scroll, scroll. Like I don't really do that. And it looks different. It's not the same. So this has helped me a lot because I talked about this in another podcast. I think it was the, is Instagram making a boring one? But I talked about when I went on my vacation and winter break with my family, how I deleted social media for 10 days. And I still checked it here and there on my laptop just to see if anyone had reached out or if I needed to answer anything. And it was fine. I was like, okay, wow. I'm, I'm also breaking the habit of thinking I need to turn every little moment of my day into a story or into a post. So try that out. It's really helped me. I even did it this week. Earlier this week on Monday, I was like, I'm in a space right now where I just feel like I'm comparing and I'm not too prideful to admit that. I think it's kind of interesting that a lot of us are like acting like we don't get jealous or we're not triggered by something or we're not like addicted to it and we're not struggling. That's why I actually did a poll on Instagram because I was like, am I the only one feeling this way? And funny enough, all I think majority of the answers were people just saying they were addicted and they like don't even know why they're on the app. I think 53% of people said um, they don't like being on the app. I think there was another group of people that were like, I'm on here just to stay connected with people. And that makes sense to me, right? There are so many incredible people I've met on social media that we could not have met if they didn't DM me or if we didn't follow each other. So this is, I know this is a hard one because you're like, well, we, I met this person traveling and this is the way I can get in touch with them. Or I found my mentor on social media, or I listened to this person's podcast and I wanted to reach out after. I can understand that. And that's why for me right now, I don't think it's necessary to completely delete it. But I'm also like, I don't think I need to be on it so much because it was causing a lot of anxious thoughts. I've I've seen people now really trigger me, which it never used to happen this way. And I'm like, this shows me I need to declutter my own feed. I need to stop following coaches that are in my field. I need to stop following people that launch podcast courses or classes or anything while I'm still in my phase of really refining my business and my offers and my messaging. Because right now, while I'm in that building phase, if I'm looking at what what other people are doing, it, it again, I'm hard on myself. So I'm like, why are you not there yet? How come your graphics don't look like that? Why didn't you think of that? Why didn't you think of that structure? Why wouldn't you put it out earlier? I'm like, then don't follow them. So I've muted so many people. And by the way, I think I feel like people feel bad when they mute people because they're like, well, maybe they're going to notice that I'm not looking at their stories, that I'm like, stop liking their posts. I have a quick news flash, and I'm not saying this to be rude or bitchy or snarky. Everyone is so self-absorbed that they normally do not notice whether you are liking or commenting or reacting to their stories. The only time personally I've ever noticed that is guys I'm dating, exes, or people that I have crushes on, (laughs) right? That's the only time I'm ever looking at my stories. I'm like, did XYZ see it? Did this person see it? And did they like it or did they react? I don't know if that's bad to say, but I, I feel like that's the truth. Think about your own life. Have you really opened up your Instagram or whatever it is? You could be TikTok or anything else and been like, you know what? It's been 13 days and I've noticed that this girl has not been liking my stories. What's the deal? It's like, are you really, do you really think people are tracking your movement on their accounts? We're all too self-absorbed. All we care about is How many likes did I get? How many views did I get? Did this make a sale? Did this help someone? Did someone DM me about it? Like, let's be real. I don't know why we're not having this conversation. I I don't know if I'm like 
hitting a chord here with anyone or if this is going to upset anybody, but like, let's be real about it. I don't know why we're pretending like this, this isn't a thing that we can be triggered on social media simply because of um, what we see and that we don't get jealous or we don't get competitive or we don't get arrogant or whatever the case is. And on the flip side, no one cares that much. Like I know for a fact that I've muted people. I've muted so many people and I've never had someone be like, Chelsea, I noticed that you haven't been, you know, engaging with my content lately. What's the deal? Because all they're focused on is their content, right? I actually heard someone say this recently. Who was it? Okay, Sammy Clark. I just found her. She's like a fitness influencer. She's been on my radar lately. Like a lot of people have been following her or talked about her. So anyways, somehow I got in a rabbit hole and started looking at her boyfriend's content or her partner. This is what I'm talking about, social media. I'm like, I barely know who this girl is and I'm already stalking her partner. And he said something about, you know, when you go into someone's room, you wouldn't be like, wow, can't believe that's where they put the lamp. And like, "Mm, I don't know about that outlet right there. And really, that's where they put the mirror. You're just like, oh, cool. Like, thanks for showing me your room. And he said, that's kind of like the same thing about your content. No one is like that obsessed with their content or tracking you that much that they would be like, um, I don't know. And so you need to think about that too. When you're muting and unfollowing people, don't feel bad. The other person is not tracking your every movement in an Excel sheet to see the last time you liked their content or commented. I'm telling you, people are so self-absorbed. We need to admit that. (laughs) Okay. So anyways, I feel like we've gone down a deep rabbit hole here with just taking inventory of social media and being honest, I don't care if it's an inspirational account, if it's the biggest coach in the world, if it's the top podcaster that's helped millions of people, if it's triggering you and making you feel bad, jealous, angry, competitive, just mute them because guess what? Uh, you didn't just block them out of your life and they deleted from planet Earth. You can just go back to their page and unmute them or literally just go to their page and stalk them. Like it's really not that big of a deal. Okay, got fired up about that one. So next one I have is just going back to the basics. I wrote down breathing, meditation, walking, yoga, sleeping, taking a bath, laying in the sand, swimming, running, etc. And I know when people say this on podcasts, I get so annoyed because I think we're just trained to think it can't be that simple. There's no way it can be that easy. There's no way that I will heal this side of myself just through breathing. Like when people would say that, I was like, are you fucking kidding? Like I breathe every day. What do you mean just breathe? What do you mean a 20 minute meditation could radically change my life? Like it actually sounds like a joke. So when I hear these things on podcasts, I have rolled my eyes in the past, but I'm telling you after this weekend of slowing down, doing breathing exercises and doing yoga, I have felt my anxiety and stress lower, my anxious thoughts and stress lower. When I did yoga today, moving through everything, breathing, being forced to take deep breaths, forced, not forced, sorry, that sounds like the teacher was like literally forcing me, but you know what I mean? In order to keep up with the vinyasa flow, you can't be breathing shallow. And then balancing, you have to concentrate. You have to focus on something that's not moving. You have to feel into your body and feel, you know, your muscles tighten and something tweak and something, you know, move to the left and the right. You really have to be focused. And that concentration in body-mind connection, I feel like really does calm down your nervous system, which again, will help you with anxious thoughts. So try it out. I know you don't want to hear this. I know you're waiting for like a big miraculous, can't even speak, miraculous tip here. I'm not kidding. Like take a deep breath, try it three times, meditate for five minutes, just go walk around your block go book a class on ClassPass or do something online. Yoga, there's free YouTube yoga everywhere. Take a nap. Oh my God, the power of naps is so underrated. I've been napping like left and right. I don't know if that's a bad thing or not, but I take naps in between calls, like little 20 minute cat naps. Try that out. Take a bath instead of like rushing to the shower and just quickly rinsing yourself off and getting out. Just let yourself bathe there. And laying in the sand, I think it's so underrated. And I know it's kind of annoying when you go to the beach to get all sandy. But there's something about like literally being connected with earth in that way that makes me feel really calm and swimming. I I need to get back into swimming at the beach more because I remember in Australia, we would do that in the mornings and I felt like I had just gone on vacation every single day when I went to work. And I'm going to get to this point too about recreating experiences that you felt happy in. 
but I think swimming is really underrated. The, the fact that like the water is holding you and floating and you don't have to exert any energy and you can just sit there and swim or float is I think extremely underrated. So go back to the basics and see if that helps because I'm telling you, it helped me. My face twitch is gone, not completely gone, but I was twitching all this morning. <laughs> I'm like dying laughing that I've literally had this weird twitch in my left cheek, but it's not here right now. And I can almost say that that's attributed to the yoga class I just took and breathing. I can feel it too in my chest. My chest will get really, it's not even tight. It's like heavy-ish and it feels, it literally feels like a block in my heart area. And so I try to think of my breath literally cracking through that area. So I'll try to do it on air. I don't know if it will actually sound. It probably will pick up. I go, (sighs) so like inhale, inhale again, exhale. (sighs) This is called three-part breath if you're unfamiliar. But you inhale and fill up your stomach, inhale and fill up your your, um, lung area, and then you just exhale and dump it all out. So I was doing this in my car on the way home from yoga because, again, I had gotten out of the class. I felt so calm. And then all of a sudden I was picking up my phone, listening to this podcast, and then it got me spiraling again. And I'm like, nope, it's Saturday freaking evening. What are you doing? Like, do not do this to yourself. So I turned off the phone and I just started doing that breath work in my car, (laughs) literally in the car. So try to find places to do it. It could literally be in your bathroom. You know, if you're at work and you're like, oh my gosh, I just need to like do this. (gasps) And you're like, that's going to look weird at the desk. Go to the bathroom, go to your car, go outside. I used to do stuff like this all the time. I used to work in a corporate office and I was like, I need a moment. Like I need to go take a walk outside. I'm going to lap around the building. I'm just going to nap in my car. I used to nap in my car sometimes. (laughs) Dark days, but anyways. It helped because I was like, I just need a moment. A lot of this is just taking, you can see a through line here is just taking a pause and taking a moment to react to your current reality. Because a lot of times when we wake up, the, we're immediately in react mode. I have definitely talked this about this on a podcast before, but I've been noticing it more within myself. The minute you open your phone, even if you're not reacting to a text message or a missed call or a, a voice note or something, you're reacting to social media. You're responding to someone that DM'd you or you're responding to someone that got back to you. You're responding to their comment. You open your email. You're responding to someone else. You wake up to, you live with a partner, a roommate. You're responding to them. You wake, like you're constantly in response mode. We are never in like rest and evaluate and be proactive mode. So all of this really does have a through line of taking a pause and being like, do I need to react to this? Can I just take a breath and chill out for literally one minute and think about this reality I'm in and what can I do to shift it or change it? So next tip is writing a letter to yourself of why things will be okay. Now, this one I know sounds a little bit longer and you're like, oh, I don't know about this one. I feel like this one is for people who have been really struggling with anxious thoughts and like nothing seems to be working. If you are struggling a lot, I think writing a letter that is directed to yourself is such a powerful exercise because you're showing yourself that you care. You're taking time to address your thoughts and yourself. And if you keep reassuring yourself, things are going to be okay. And you start to believe it, they will be okay. So I didn't have the time today to write. I mean, that's a lie. I probably could have sat down and wrote a letter to myself before I started this podcast, but I have done this before. And in my head, I was basically writing myself a letter where I was like, Chelsea, you're going to be okay. You've never been in a situation where you didn't get out of it okay on the other side. You've always found a way. You will be calm. You've felt calm before. You're not going to have this muscle twitch in your face forever. You're not going to feel this twitch in your back forever. You're going to have a calm night of sleep. You are okay. You've had calm nights of sleep before. So things like that of just a reassuring letter of like, this is going to be okay. So think about this from a lens of, Maybe it's not a day-to-day moment, but something's coming up. Like you're interviewing for a job or you have, I don't even know, like a big event coming up and you're just freaking yourself out and all these anxious thoughts start coming in your head. Start writing a letter to yourself of how you want the day or the event or whatever the case is to go and why it will be okay. Because if we go back to the definition, I want to read the first one again, a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. 
uncertainty is usually the activator of anxiety. So if some, if you have a big event coming up and you're uncertain how it's going to go, write out how you want it to go. Like literally write a scene be like, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to say hi to people. I'm going to give them a hug. I'm going to walk over to the buffet. I'm going to grab myself a plate, like make a scene for yourself because you're creating certainty with that scene. So when you walk in, you're like, I'm not even anxious because I've already planned this out in my head. This is the same thing when you're, when you have a meeting, right? I imagine most of you would never show up to a corporate meeting unprepared, winging it, no plans or presentation, no agenda, just hoping that it worked out. You likely prepared a PowerPoint deck. You probably made an agenda. You probably picked a time on the calendar for everyone to meet, probably booked a conference room. That was creating certainty for yourself. So do this as much as you can. It's just really, really underrated. To be honest, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, damn, I need to do this for myself. When you have upcoming travel, I know this sometimes when you go to a new place, it can feel unsettling and you're like, I don't know the language. I don't know the people. I don't know how to get around. Write how you want it to go. How are you going to find transportation? How are you going to learn a few local sayings and words to get around? How can you ask people? What can you do to resource yourself to be prepared? I think when you do this too, you're calming yourself down. And when you calm yourself down, you have more clear solution-oriented thinking. I have never in my life resolved a very serious conflict or issue from a state of high stress, high anxiety, exploding on someone It's always been when I've had a moment to clear my head. That's literally where the phrase comes from. Like I need to clear my head because I have so much swirling around in it that I'm not going to react in the way I want. So let me take a breather and pause and come back. It's the same exact thing for, again, a job interview, going to an event, travel, take a breather and be like, let me clear my head about this and then write a letter to myself of what I want to happen and why things are going to be okay. Maybe even writing it over and over, things will be okay. I will be okay. This will be okay. Just constantly reassuring yourself. And I'm sure you'll feel a little bit of a drop in those anxious thoughts. I think something that helps too is the phrase, this is temporary and will pass. There's a much more formal way of saying that, but that's the way I wrote it. And I love that because I'm like, yeah, I I haven't felt anxious my entire life. You know what I mean? I don't have memories of being an anxious child or when I'm my happiest I'm thinking about moments where I was like the most peaceful and happiest. It's like, well, clearly I know that state of mind and I've achieved that before. I'm not going to feel anxious for the rest of my life. So I know this is temporary and will pass. I know I won't feel this forever. I had to keep telling myself this recently in the past week. I don't know what it is uh, like specifically that's causing this um, facial muscle twitch. I mean, like I said, I know it's stress, but I can't attribute it to one thing because I'm like, could be how many meetings I had. It could be caffeine. It could be alcohol, which is a whole other thing, right? Taking inventory of what you're eating, which actually is a point in here. But my point is, I was like, you didn't feel like this three weeks ago and you probably won't feel like this in the future. So this is just temporary. Maybe this is just a moment that's happening so I can learn from it. And yeah, stop drinking coffee. Stop going to bed late. Stop waking up on my phone at 7 a.m. scrolling and getting back to emails yeah, this is temporary and it will pass. I think what helps too is trying to remember the moments you felt peace and happiness and visualizing them and bringing those feelings into your experience. So recently when I'm like, why am I so stressed out? Like, why am I feeling like this? Because no one likes feeling like this, right? No one's like, yay, love it. Waking up with anxious thoughts and negative vibes. Like I know no one likes feeling like this. So I'm like, so why am I feeling like this? And what what moment can I recall in recent history where I did not feel like this? I thought back to a moment where I was in Byron Bay and Byron Bay, I was like probably the happiest I've been in like five years because I was in such a flow with my body, my intuition. I had just started my business and it was going so well. The sun was shining every day. We had a really good routine in Byron. Like I would wake up and walk the beach and do yoga. I would get a coffee and chill out. I would like, I don't know. I was just in the best state of mind. And I feel like my mind body connection was so on point. And so I'm like, okay, so you, you know, you felt that before. So it's not impossible. I can't even speak anymore. (laughs) Impossible to get back to. How can you recreate that? Am I like losing my speech right now? How can you recreate that? Clearly I need to like take a nap myself. 
But yeah, I'm like, okay, well, guess what? I live by a beach. I have a bike. I still have my two legs and can walk. I still have the same songs I listen to in Byron Bay. I still do the same workouts I was doing there. Yeah, why don't I give it a shot? So this is something I'm actually going to try next week. I was talking to my mom about it and I'm like, I need to take action. We need to pump the tires and the bikes because I want to wake up. I want to bike to the beach. I want to stop this cycle I've gotten myself in of kind of like laying in bed, snoozing, and then getting up and like kind of slowly making breakfast and then opening my laptop. I'm like, that's not really working for me, clearly, as I have a muscle twitch in my face. So visualize the moments that brought you peace and happiness and how can you create them And if you can't recreate them because you're like, I literally don't live there or I don't live by a beach or I'm not with that person anymore. I don't have that. Whatever it is, you're like that. That's impossible. Visualize it. This is why I love meditation, because it can be just thinking back to a moment that brought you such happiness and joy and trying to just bring that feeling into your day. The next thing that I have is making a map of what's causing your anxiety. This kind of is what I was talking about earlier of like taking inventory of everything, but basically jotting it down and wrapping it, wrapping it up with like a specific pathway, um, wrapping it up. I don't even know if that makes sense. Clearly, I've like been talking a little too much. I need to take a break, but we're almost done here. Um, Yeah, mind mapping. This is actually what mind mapping is. I do this with a lot of my clients, but you put something in the middle. That's the big, big issue or bubble or thing you're working on. And then you make smaller bubbles of like how it can be resolved or what you need to break it up into shorter chunks as. So usually you can do this, for example, with a business. You could be like, I need to start a business. So that's the big bubble. Then all the little bubbles, like one would be, okay, well, in order to start a business, I need a website. And then from that website bubble, you make smaller bubbles. Okay, well, in order to build a website, I need copy. I need brand colors and fonts and a logo. I need a website designer. And then from there, you keep, you just keep going and going until you've mapped it all the way out. You can do this same exact thing with your anxious thoughts. I'll walk you through one that I went through recently. Been talking about this a lot. I've had this weird disconnect with social media. I've been comparing myself. I think I'm behind or I'm not doing enough. So then my reaction is, okay, well, I need to post more because if I post more, I won't feel like I'm behind. If I post more, maybe I will stop comparing myself. If I post more, then I will feel like I'm doing enough. So then what I do is I start doing it on the fly a little bit frantically and chaotically. But what's interesting is right now I'm not vibing with my branding anymore. I feel like I've really evolved as a person. And this version of me was probably two and a half years ago, I guess almost three now, which is a little crazy, but no, I guess it was two, but I'm like, yeah, this doesn't feel like me. And so because I'm not vibing with my branding, I'm not really liking posting And because I'm not vibing my branding, that also means I don't like branding on my website. So if I don't really like my website and I'm supposed to be in my mind, I'm posting so that people reach out and then maybe direct get directed to my website. Well, that doesn't make sense, right? You can see how there's a disconnect. I'm afraid if I post a lot, people will go to my website and I feel like my website, I don't even really like it right now. And it's not that clear because I haven't updated it. So then it just creates this weird cycle that has no end. I'm posting when I don't want to post, trying to lead people to a place that I haven't even really felt comfortable people going to. Can you see how this makes absolutely no sense? So I need to change something. Either I need to get new branding so I feel like I'm excited to post. I need to schedule my posts on a social media platform so I'm not posting on the fly. I need to outsource this or I need to pick a day or time to post and batch all these posts. So immediately I'm like, okay, now I have solutions. And one of my solutions was to get new branding, which by the way, I got some exciting new branding, but I am so indecisive lately that I'm like, I don't know that I want to commit to a full rebrand. It's it's basically right now just like social graphics. And if I want, I can take the concepts and like put it on my website. So I'm going to play around with that. But that's to say, I'm like, oh, well, now I'm excited to share this branding. So now I'll probably be a little more excited to post. And then I won't feel like I have to post all the time and compare and keep up and blah, blah, blah. Because now I know I'm posting from a place of groundedness and genuinely wanting to help people with whatever the graphics are versus I need to post just to post. Okay. One of my last points, actually, I guess two more, is just take a pause to delete something from that moment. So whether it is deleting a Facebook off your phone, Instagram off your phone, maybe it's unfollowing a person, maybe it's deleting a contact from your phone. I know this sounds a bit weird, but 
there's a lot of people in my life that I do not speak to anymore. And I've had them in my phone forever because I've had the same number since I was like literally 16 years old. And some of them are like not people that I would really ever, ever interact with again. You know, it's some people that sometimes when I scroll my phone and their their name is next to someone else's name and I'm just like, why is that person still in here? Maybe I should delete them. Yeah, you should. Talking to myself, like, yeah, you should delete them. Maybe it is causing you a little bit of anxiety knowing that your ex could just call you at any time. Maybe you need to block them. Maybe you need to block their friends or family while you're healing. You do not have to owe someone following them on social media if it's going to cause you anxious thoughts and anxiety. I think a lot of time we have too much pride to, to say, I'm just going to block them while I'm trying to heal or I'm going to delete them while I'm trying to heal. And then what that just does is end up causing us anxious thoughts because we're like, oh, did they see my story? Are they going to like it? What's going to like, I've been there, <laughs> literally been there. I've talked about this. So you don't always have to be doing that. You don't have to keep people giving people access to your life. You don't have to have them in your circle or in your phone or in your followers list. You don't have to have them on your email list. You can delete people. So don't be afraid to delete people or things from your life. And you don't always have to be doing something, right? We talked about this. You do not always have to be doing something. No one knows what you're doing. Did you guys know what I did today all day before I did this podcast? No. You guys don't know what I did all day. I mean, I obviously told you a little bit, but because I didn't post about it, I didn't do anything that crazy and I didn't feel the need to post about it. But also, I highly doubt any of you are like dying to know what I did today or are on the waiting edge of your seat on your Instagram to see if I post it or not. Right. But this is the thoughts we have. Like in my mind, I'm like, oh, are people like waiting for me to post because I've had my Instagram deleted since Monday? I'm like, well, first of all, that's a little arrogant to think that. And B, it's not true. We're, there's so much information on social media. We are so inundated with posts. It's actually ridiculous to think that because you didn't post one thing that like your whole entire following, your whole entire business, your whole entire presence is just going to go like missing. It's quite the fallacy, which I definitely want to explore on this podcast more. So I just want to wrap this up with kind of a little motivational chat, but we have our whole lives to figure things out. Okay. You're here to learn and be and have fun and literally enjoy your life. I can't imagine for whatever reason, humans have consciousness, right? Isn't that pretty cool that we're like the only species on this earth that has the consciousness to communicate with words and our brains and our thoughts. Like it's actually kind of wild when you start thinking about it, you know, like why didn't animals get this? Why can't animals talk? Why can't dogs talk? Why can't penguins talk? <laughs> Promise I'm not high. It's just something I think about all the time. Like why did we get consciousness? Well, I think our feelings show us the states of being that we enjoy, right? When we're feeling happy and peaceful and excited and fun and funny and laughing, those are feelings that I, we don't really want to go away, right? You know, when you're laughing all night and you're like, God, that was just such a good night. Or you end a night with deep conversation over some wine with someone. And you're like, wow, that was a really cool conversation. Like, I'm going to honestly hold that in my heart for the rest of my life. I don't think we were here on earth to work, 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 answer emails all day, answer voice notes, answer people, get back to DMs, get back to things, da, 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 and then leave 10% of our week to enjoying ourselves. So pick a phase of life that you feel like you're in and that you want to work on because we also cannot do everything at once. I think that's the, another fallacy, which is I need to be everything at once and I need to be an expert and I need to do it all and I need to do it now. Why? This is something my therapist always prodded me on. She was like, why? Why do you need to be a millionaire by 32? Why do you need to have 100 clients by 32? What? I was like, I don't know because that's what everyone's doing. Okay, and then what? She would ask me this. She would say, let's say you got all that. Then what? I was like, well, I guess I would want more money and more clients and more people to help and more, more opportunities. She's like, okay, and then what? Let's say you got all those opportunities. I'm like, damn, I see what she's showing me. She's like, this will never stop. We're always going to want more. So knowing that, it actually gave me this peace of mind of like, she's right. I'm always going to want more. So it's okay to relax and not put pressure on myself with a timeline and think that I have to do everything at once the best I can today. That's actually impossible, literally humanly impossible. So instead, I'm going to pick phases of my life that I want to focus on. For me, that's money and health. I feel like those are two things that, I mean, literally you have to live with for the rest of your life, right? So I'm like, I don't want my health to deteriorate and I don't want money to be keeping me in a state of like 
survival or feast and famine. So I'm working on creating structures in my business where I have monthly recurring revenue or I have people on payment plans for longer periods of time. Maybe I do need to go pick up a second job or a part-time job or something that's a bit of a side hustle to regulate my nervous system. So if I have a month where I'm not making as much money, I'm not freaking out because that's where anxious thoughts come in too, right? If you're not making enough money, you're freaking out. How am I going to pay rent? How am I going to pay this person back? How am I going to pay off my credit card? It's going to add a huge bill. And that's where anxiety comes from. So this is, a, again, a whole other, not even podcast. This is like a whole other whole podcast series about money and survival. But I'm like, I want to work on my money mindset, my money game, my money, whatever you want to call it, my relationship with money and my health. Because it doesn't matter if I'm a millionaire, if my health is shit and I can't even walk up a flight of stairs which is not true. I can walk a flight of stairs. But you know what I'm saying? I see a lot of people work, 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 trying to chase this dream of being a multimillionaire. And then they're so stressed out. They have no basic level of activity. And they're like, "I sorry, I can't even travel. I can't walk up a flight of stairs. I can't fly. I'm anxious. I, I'm so stressed. I can't even think about planning a trip. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. So for me, that's money and health. If I see a course or a program or a workshop or teacher, mentor, whatever, pop up with something that's not aligned with those things, then I probably don't need to do it unless it's purely for joy or pleasure. Because this is a mistake I made before where I really burned myself out and I was experiencing some anxiety. This happened in Germany where I thought I needed to take every freaking course under the sun. I remember I was in like a spirituality membership, a mindset membership. I had a spiritual mentor. I had a business mentor. I had a, a like I was literally enrolled, I think, in like eight or nine programs. And clearly that's not effective. You cannot learn and be an expert in eight things at the exact same time as you're learning it. So it just put so much pressure on myself and I didn't even really retain a lot of information. And it was like, why am I doing this to myself? So that's why now I'm like, let me just pick two things I'm going to focus on. Money and health. That's where my investments are going. How can I learn more about money and how can I learn about my health? So I just invested in a personal trainer. I still invest in class pass. I'm investing in better food. I want to be able to have a healthy life and enjoy the money that I make. And now I'm also refocusing on money stuff. I'm like, okay, let me go back to some of the basics. Like there's some stuff that's come up around money lately and I'll talk about it in another podcast, but that has kind of triggered me to be like, oh, you need to make more money. And I'm like, having this kind of disconnect with it. And I'm like, this is causing anxious thoughts. So I need to work on my relationship with money. And the way I'm going to do that is by focusing my attention and efforts there and not beating myself up about it. So yeah, I hope this helps. Again, you just are here to have fun, live your life. You know, I don't think the purpose of life was to be stressed out and anxious and constantly cynical and like wondering what the hell is happening at all times. I do think our natural state is joy and happy and peace. We've just created systems and make us think that those are luxuries and things we can only access at some times. And again, this is a whole different conversation, very nuanced and a lot of context needed, but I would just really take inventory of your life and, and ask yourself, was I really meant to be living a, a life of stress? I don't think so. Was I really meant to be living a life of negative thoughts and anxiety 24 seven? I don't think so. So when do you experience true joy and how can you create that? I think that's the way to go. All right. Well, that was all over the place. I hope this helped. If it did, please let me know on Instagram at Chelsea Rife. I will be checking it on my laptop, not on my phone. Or email me, info at ChelseaRife.com. You can also leave a review. And if you send a screenshot and take, and, uh, sorry, take a screenshot and send it to me, I will enter you into a giveaway to win Curious Elixirs, a variety of pack, which is also, by the way, where a lot of my anxious thoughts were coming from. I was drinking a lot in January and February. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't working out. I was just not like really, really honestly respecting my body or my health. And I think that's where this muscle twitch came from. I think this is why I've been napping more. I think that's why I've been experiencing some of these anxious thoughts. And a lot of it was due to the alcohol consumption and being hungover. And so the month of March, I'm like, I'm not drinking unless it's a really, really special occasion. And thank God I have curious elixirs. So again, if you want to win a whole variety of pack and try all of the different flavors, all you have to do is write a review send it to info at chelsearife.com or at chelsearife. Take a screenshot before you submit it so we don't have to wait for it. 
and I'll enter you into that giveaway and pull that winner in a few weeks. If you're wanting to start a podcast and be able to talk about stuff like this for an hour about whatever you want, wherever you want in your bed, I'm literally in my yoga clothes in my bed right now. It's just such a fun way to express yourself. And I truly feel like not only do I verbal process, but I'm hoping this helps at least one of you. So if you want to be in a position where you have a podcast and you're like, that just sounds fucking fun. Like I can talk about whatever I want. I can talk about anything for however long I want in whatever setting I want. You're the creative director. You get to express yourself differently and you don't have to worry about scrolling, scrolling, stalking. I mean, that's a big reason why I love podcasting is it keeps me it keeps me creative and it keeps me expressive in such a different way that doesn't have to be live on video or posting or writing 24 seven. That's why I love podcasting. But this is why I have a podcast. It's a long game. I can talk about all this for hours. But if you do want to start a podcast, my one on one podcast coaching is open until the end of March. I'm taking on six new clients and I have three month packages and six month packages. I'll link them below in the show notes. And again, if you have any questions, just email me info at Chelsea Rife or DM me at Chelsea Rife on Instagram. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you soon, not next week, because we're in the middle of March Madness podcast edition. So get ready for another episode coming out later this week. 